Welcome back to Unsolved South. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm Maddie. Hope everybody had a great week. Maddie, did you have a good week? I did. I had a great weekend. We went to the Smoky Mountains on a surprise birthday trip for me. Yay. Yeah, so exciting. I know all about it. Your husband sucks at secrets. Yeah, he really does because uh, he told me like Wednesday. <laughs> I don't it. understand why he told you because he was like, it's going to be a surprise and I'm going to send her to your house with the baby for something. And then, um, <laughs> and then she'll just leave him and then when she gets back i'll tell her then and we'll just go and i'm like cool and then i told billy i was like listen we need to make sure we're stocked on diapers and stuff because if she doesn't know the baby's staying on weekend yeah she's not gonna be prepared for it but you know i keep stuff here so yeah. but i'm like we just need to be make sure we're stocked <laughs> and so i was like we're ready and then um you're like oh i know all about it i'm like yeah, what? he told me, and I was like, okay. He was like, in case you wanted to plan, like, anything to do while we're down there. And I so he like, chickened okay. out. <laughs> I'm like, you could have definitely, like, just winged it while we were there. Yeah, he chickened For out. For sure. That's what happened. <laughs> but it was it was super fun, and it's the thought that counts. It was. It was, was nice like, to be surprised. He was like, uh, I just want to make sure you can keep the baby before I... Um, before I book anything, and I'm like, yeah, that's, I got it. <laughs> hey, Annie, that's good. Well, how was your weekend? That boy wore me out. <laughs> he wore me out. Yeah, I'm probably hearing my voice. I'm wore out. Yeah, he, um, he's wild right now. And he has constant. Yeah. He hit them terrible twos early. I know. But, here's the thing. I saw a girl that, okay, a girl that had their baby like a couple weeks before Sawyer was born, that baby is just now walking. And Sawyer is running, climbing, and everything. So maybe he's advanced, or maybe that baby's behind. I don't know if you should talk about people's babies. Nobody's going to know who it was. Um, She's not going to even It feels who like it is. that baby may be a little behind. Cause, you think so? Um, well, I like to think my baby's a genius. Uh, he actually was walking and stuff early. He really yeah. was. Uh, you didn't walk until you were um, more than one. So, he yeah. actually was walking and stuff really early. And he's starting to say stuff. I don't think he's saying as much as he should be, though. I disagree. You disagree? I think he says it with such um, enthusiasm that you can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> But he, uh, Andy probably has a little country accent, too. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord, so help I us. I think he's with a country accent, and he's enthusiastic. And I think we just aren't quite understanding what mm -hmm. he's saying. But gotcha. I think he probably is saying stuff. And he definitely is like Apple. He says that. Oh, yeah. He says that a lot. And he says dog. Dog. And uh-oh. <laughs> Every time he breaks something, uh-oh. Oh, oh no! <laughs> so and no, he he knows no. Oh, he knows he knows no. I don't think he knows yes because I don't think I've ever said yes to him. Man, he has. Something. He <laughs> likes to take stuff apart. Mm -hmm. 
He's wild. Oh, uh, yeah, he has something. Anyways, enough about nonsense. Let's get to this story. What you got for me today? All right, so this week we're going to go to Kentucky, which is one of the few southern states I've never been to, but I am going to go one day. Ooh. I've, been, um, I've driven through it. I've never even driven through it. Hmm. I don't know how I've avoided it. Yeah. I've been all over. I've been to most of the southern states. Um, Kentucky and West Virginia are the only two that I don't believe I've hit. Oh, and Oklahoma. We counted it as a southern state. Oh, well, I haven't been to Oklahoma, West Virginia, or Virginia. I've been to Virginia. It's for lovers. You should go. (laughs) 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 Oh, one day. Okay, so as of my research, there were 310 people missing in Kentucky at this point. That feel like a lot. I know Georgia had more, but I think Georgia's bigger. Yeah. I don't know. Depending on, like, how many years we're talking. As of right this second, like, in their history on NamUs. NamUs goes as far back as... I mean, you could create a case from the 20s, but law enforcement could, and put it on NamUs, so. Okay. I mean, it could go back forever, but. Yeah. I don't know. I tell you what, if you go look at how many's in Texas, whoo! Yeah. But Texas is a huge state, and they got a lot of people, like. There are a lot of people in Texas. And they always be telling you that. I don't, that's what I don't understand about Texas people because they always be telling you they're from Texas, but they're never in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, I'm from Texas. <laughs> but they're never in Texas when they tell you. It's weird. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, on. What? That's true. I, I, if they were, okay, if you were visiting Texas and somebody came up to you and was like, I'm from Texas, it would be weird. But if you're like, you know, casually like at a restaurant or on a cruise or something and you're like, where are you from? I'm from Texas. It wouldn't be that weird. I'm just saying other states, like you never hear anybody go, I'm from South Carolina with like all this pride and stuff. No. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, true. Like, nobody ever owns up to being from South Carolina. You don't ever hear anybody be like, I'm from Virginia. <laughs> I mean, they just don't. Yeah. I'm not sure people, uh, some people would be like, I'm from Georgia. So, what you're saying is you but don't when think people, people say, just volunteer that information Yes, randomly. people okay. from Texas volunteer that information randomly. Like, I think people do say, I'm from Georgia. Yeah. But I think they say it like... <laughs> it's like a joke like well, I'm from Georgia so like I don't know what the hell is happening <laughs> that's how they come across I mean, it's not like you're saying I'm from Georgia like you're like super proud of yeah. it or anything it's like you're not embarrassed like you're just letting them know like listen if I'm weird it's cause I'm from Georgia <laughs> you can't understand me it's cause I'm from Georgia I did something backwards I'm from Georgia <laughs> That's how I feel like All that right is. then, yeah. But I feel like people from Texas are like super proud to be from Texas. And they're always telling you about it, but they're never in Texas. <laughs> like they're everywhere but Texas. They're everywhere, but not in Texas. <laughs> 
I'm not even sure anybody from Texas lives in Texas. True. I think they're just all in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough picking on people from Texas. We love y'all. Um, on November 19th, 2016, so we're not too far back. Yeah. 54-year-old beloved father, grandfather, Tommy Ballard, was preparing to take his 12-year-old grandson hunting. Um, let me just bust out and let y'all know. This this whole story's going to be twisted. Y'all going to have to pay close attention. <laughs> Okay, so is he the father or the grandfather? He's a father and a grandfather. Okay. Everybody loves him. He's a great guy. Yeah. 54 years old. He's about to take his 12-year-old grandson hunting. Okay. So they drive to the family hunting property, and it's off of Bluegrass Highway in Kentucky. Okay. It's outside of a town called Bardstown. Y'all know how I change names for no apparent reason. Like, I don't know oh, what's yeah. wrong with my mind. I feel like I may have done that with Bardstown because... Now you're looking at it, don't look Yeah, familiar. it doesn't... <laughs> and, and believe me, I've said it like a million times in the story, so I feel like it should look more familiar than it does. Anyway, y'all know how I am. Just pretend I did it right. The property is located between mile markers 21 and 24. And again, that's on Bluegrass Highway. And this incident happened before 7.30 a.m. So just in case you were in that area on that day, you might have seen something and not even realized it. And this ain't been that long ago, so it's possible somebody was traveling through and saw something and was like, that's weird. Because y'all know I have this theory that people know stuff but they don't know they know stuff okay so side note i was on the way here and there was this mattress that was in the um median Mm -hmm. that looked like it was okay it looked disgusting of course Mm -hmm. and it was a spring mattress it was probably like twin size but twin or like full something in that area Mm -hmm. but then it looked like it was burned but from the inside out that is weird i know and then i was thinking is it burned or is that just really really dark blood and then i was like who's gonna pick it up and how long is it gonna sit there because if it's blood then it would be evidence of a crime it could be and nobody's going to pick it up. And then, you know, it's supposed to rain today. So, what if the rain destroys the evidence? I agree. And the thing is, um, if you call the police and you're like, hey, there's a mattress on the side of the road. And it, you're the it crazy one. It could be yeah. dirty. It could be blood. They're going to be like, okay, lady, listen, we got a woman at the top of the billboard up there by Walmart. We got other stuff to handle. Yeah. So. But this could crack a cold case. It could, and I told y'all I have this theory <laughs> that people know stuff and they just don't realize they know and it. And then what are because you supposed you go, to do? You go, well, that was weird, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Call the police and say I saw something weird? They're going to go like, okay, well, we got actual stuff happening, yeah. so. And you can't really blame them. But I told y'all, I wish we knew somebody that could invent an app, because I think if we did an app, and you could go on there and register something weird you saw. Yes, something just random, like, like a mattress on the side. Right, of the like drop like, a pin on it so yeah. they know the location. You just write out what time of day, what day it was, and what you saw. 
and then it just logs it. And then if police are like, I need to know, let's just scroll through here and see. And they may see something and be like, hey, wait, I'm looking for a bloody mattress. But can you imagine how many trash bags on the side of the road there'll be? I'm sure there's at least one dead body in one of those trash bags. Well, probably not on trash day. No, not on trash day, but like... Do you see random trash bags and stuff, random coolers and stuff yeah. on the side of the road all the time? Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't um, personally go. So be who is going and looking in? Well, them? my guess is when the road crew comes and picks them up, if it smells funky, they'll go. Like I don't know if this is a thing everywhere, but we have a road crew that comes through like once every four months or so. And they, like, pick up the trash off the side of the road. They bag it. And then a dude comes through, strangely enough, with a trailer. Just like a random utility trailer, not like a trash truck. (laughs) And um, there was this dude. We saw him the other day. And they had that. They must have had a hundred bags stacked up on this trailer. I mean, it's like way up over the sets. And then this dude was just hanging off the side of the trailer. I'm talking about a trailer like you pull your lawnmower on weird behind your truck and he's like hanging off the side of the trailer and i looked at it and i'm sitting there thinking that doesn't feel right and then zane was like i don't think that's safe (laughs) (laughs) you're right (laughs) you are right hit one bump that little uh, latch comes undone I mean, it's a small Kabunk. trailer, too. It's not like it's a big trailer. Jeez. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't no, that doesn't seem right at all. Plus, this was weird, but it, I mean, I guess it wasn't weird, weird. But they had black trash bags, and then there were yellow trash bags randomly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was like, I doubt it was stuff to be recycled or whatever. But the yeah. guy with the trash bags only had black ones. He didn't pick up any of the yellow ones. I was like, that's strange. Then the maybe next day, the, the yellow ones were gone. Maybe it was like um, like roadkill and stuff. Was no, it was like, there were probably 30 mm-hmm. yellow bags up and down the road. Because, you know, I know, we live in a real rural area, so these roads are like super long. Yeah. And they go down every route, and then they just bag up the trash and just throw it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, we are... Uh, we gotta get distracted back. again. Yeah. We ain't doing this in a while, and now we're all distracted. We took one week where we had recorded before. Okay. It's been a minute, though, because now we're distracted. Yeah, true that. All right, back to Tommy. As Tommy and his grandson were walking into the woods, all of a sudden, a single shot rings out, and it breaks the peaceful calm of the wilderness. That blast hit Tommy in the chest and exited through his back. Police and EMTs were there by 745, but Tommy could not be saved. The grandson was, of course, quickly ruled out by police. Law enforcement was hesitant to classify the incident as anything but a shooting investigation. They didn't say it was a hunting accident but they alluded that it was a hunting accident but they did treat it as if it was a homicide they did investigate it as if it were a homicide Hmm. so i mean kudos to them on that i guess 
And, I mean, could it have been a hunting accident? Nobody was supposed to be hunting on the property, but, I mean, that definitely happens. Yeah. Could it have been something worse? So, during this investigation, they discovered that there was an area of the brush that had been sawed down to make a clearing. Hmm. And from that spot, somebody would have had the perfect vantage point to observe and shoot Tommy. There were also gun marks, um, marks on the tree, which may have been strike marks from the butt of the gun when it kicked. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And Tommy's wife, Sherry, she told the press just two days after the shooting that she believed her husband had been murdered. Did he have any enemies? Well, we'll get to that. In the weeks before his death, he had told her that he felt like he was being followed. And she just knew in her heart that her husband was murdered. And she was positive that she knew why. Let's go back. Okay. On July 3rd of 2015. So a year before. Crystal Rogers was a 35-year-old mother of five living in Bardstown, Kentucky. She is a white female, blonde hair, blue eyes, about 5'9 and 160 pounds. She shared a home and a child with her boyfriend, Brooks Huck. And she had four other children, and they also lived in the home. According to Brooks, he went to bed about 11 p.m. that night, and Crystal was up playing on her phone. When he got up the next morning, she and her maroon four-door Chevy Impala were gone. He admits that they had a tumultuous relationship, and he says, well, that's exactly why I wasn't concerned when she was gone. Because she would just go and stay with her friends or family, especially this cousin she had, whenever she wasn't happy. Other people, though, had a hard time believing that she would have left and not took her kids. Yeah. Anyway, he called her that that next day, the day when he woke up. That would be the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And he was never able to get an answer. So, you know, since it was a holiday or whatever, she might have been out celebrating, doing whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So he doesn't put any stock into it, according to him. Now, on July 5th, her mother, Sherry Ballard, did you make a connection there? The last name is the same? So, they're related. How are they related? Well, if Tommy's wife was Sherry Ballard and Crystal's mother is Um. Sherry Ballard, (laughs) Tommy, Tommy is Crystal's father. Um... Sherry had not been able to contact Crystal either, and she had been trying, and when nobody else had heard from her, she reported Crystal missing. Mm -hmm. She didn't just be like, oh, I'm sure she's just upset and gone somewhere. Just coincidentally, her car was found that same day with a flat tire, and it was near mile marker 14 on Bluegrass Highway. And that's a route... Same highway. Yes. That's a route that her friends and family say she rarely traveled. Um, the family's property out there was a hunting property mostly. And it just wasn't a route she would normally take to get anywhere. So they thought it was a little weird. Now, people do like to go drive sometimes. I don't know her 
and if she does but i don't know that it would be unusual for me to be on a route that i don't normally take just because i like to drive yeah especially if i'm upset or just want to relax or something so i mean who knows the car's doors were unlocked and her purse phone keys and other personal items were still inside i did see one report that said that the baby's diaper bag was in the car Hmm. which is strange but um i only saw it one time so i'm not sure wait the car was locked unlocked unlocked okay completely unlocked sitting on the side of the road the cell phone battery was dead and but i mean her phone was there but i don't know that most people would have left their phone even if the battery was dead yeah it would have been in your pocket right so crystal's family um pretty much immediately believes that brooks has something to do with crystal's disappearance Mm -hmm. and they say that neither him nor any of his family has helped search for crystal now brooks says he has nothing to do with her disappearance and he had been working behind the scenes to help find her now crystal's father tommy he actually was working behind the scenes in front of the scenes on top of the scenes he was all over the scenes (laughs) he worked with the press he worked with the law enforcement he organized and funded searches he did facebook pages he created team crystal which was a group dedicated to finding her he was absolutely never going to stop looking for his daughter until he found her police also suspected brooks but there was no evidence they searched they served a search more on his family's 240 acre farm Mm -hmm. it was property that his mother owned and um part of that was also where brooks and crystal lived the actual that property was actually searched um a bunch of times through the years i saw somewhere where it said it was searched with the police had carried out like 74 search warrants man regarded to crystal's case and tommy's case man and um but they and they would take stuff they would take stuff but they never found anything damning right or maybe it wasn't it wasn't enough they never said what they took from any of the places. Gotcha. Brooks also took a lie detector test early on, and the results of that were inconclusive. The FBI became involved, and they carried out more searches, both of this property, and they pulled up a driveway in a subdivision in the area. Um, This location was a place where Brooks was working at the time of Crystal's disappearance. And either he or his family owned property there and then they sold it. So the FBI apparently got some kind of tip that that driveway had been poured about the same time she went missing. Mm -hmm. And so they went and ripped up the whole driveway. They did haul pieces of the driveway off, but they never said what they found. Hmm. About a year, around the year anniversary of Crystal's disappearance, just shy of that, um, five months before Tommy was shot, he and Sherry went after custody of the child that Crystal and Brooke shared. They had already taken custody of the other children, 
and um, now they wanted to make sure that they were able to have rights to this child. They had not been allowed to see this baby since Crystal Witnesson. Tommy had also planned this large search to take place outside of town, but they never gave a real location, but it was supposed to be a huge yeah. search that they were going to do. And that search was to take place the week after he was shot. Hmm. So, I mean, could he have been getting too close to something? Maybe. So he, did they carry out that search or no idea could not find anything man I, you do not understand how hard it is to find because you run across the same information 500 times yeah and you have to look at every story because this story although 90 percent of it is the exact same story all of a sudden there will be one fact in it that is different then you can use that fact to search for other stories or more details on that. It is an undertaking. It really is. We appreciate your undertaking. Thank you. The FBI eventually took over Tommy's case too, and they did classify it as a murder. Ooh. They offered a $10,000 reward on top of a $20,000 reward that had been set up by Tommy's brothers for information leading to a conviction in his case. The FBI also offered a $25,000 reward on Crystal's case. Her entire reward was over $100,000. Wow. And still no information. Now, Brooke's brother, Nick Huck, was an officer with Bardstown Police Department. And that was true at the time of Crystal's disappearance. When Brooks was taken to the sheriff's office for questioning shortly after Crystal's disappearance, Nick called mid-interview and told him not to talk to police. Nick himself also stopped cooperating with the investigation. There was a blanket found in the trunk of his patrol cruiser with trace amounts of blood. He was called before the grand jury where he was suddenly struck down with amnesia. He couldn't remember what he had for lunch, much less if he was at the house the night Crystal disappeared, allegedly. What? The FBI called Nick in to do a lie detector test, and he failed that. Law enforcement believed that Brooks killed Crystal during a fight and that Nick helped cover it up, meaning he had information pertaining to what happened to Crystal. Nick was fired in October of 2015 for interfering in the case. By the way, Brooks was not officially named a suspect until 2017. Hmm. Coincidentally, he was dating a girl named Crystal Maupin in July of 2017, and she was arrested for stealing and destroying signs put up looking for information on the first Crystal's disappearance. What? Yeah. Now, in December of 2015, a man named Danny Singleton, a longtime friend and employee of Brooks, was indicted for 38 counts of perjury for allegedly giving false testimony before the grand jury investigating Crystal's disappearance. 
in January of 2016, so a month later, mm -hmm. two men, Vincent Dakota Netherly and Donald Lee Howard Jr., were charged with lying to police. They had apparently made a false report that Danny Singleton had murdered Crystal. That did not affect Danny's perjury charges, though, because he still lied. And he was released from jail after eight months with time served. And he got four months probation. In June of 2016, evidence came to light that a white Buick was seen parked in an odd location on the property that Brooks's mommy owned. And that happened on the night of the disappearance. So that was shady, right? Yeah. So what happened was this information got posted on the Facebook page that was dedicated to bringing Crystal home. And then some amazing citizen out there contacted Tommy and said, Hey, I think I know where that car is. This car belongs to Brooks's 82-year-old granny. So, yeah, so this is a strange car on their property, huh? It was parked in a weird spot. It wasn't that the car was weird. It was just where it was parked. Kind of like we were just discussing. Yeah. But because they knew there was a case going on and they knew that property had been searched, they knew that what they saw might actually mean something. And so they said, listen, you know, could mean nothing, but there was this car this white buick parked out here and it was just in a weird location it wasn't that the car itself was weird or that it was weird that it was on the property so anyhow tommy informs the police of this and they get a search warrant and guess what granny had sold this car a couple months after krista went missing right what yeah so she did give the police the buyer's name and um, they were able to track it down actually at a car lot, but she didn't want to answer any more of their questions. Yeah. So they drug her old butt to court and she pled the fifth. So she won't answer anything at all. <laughs> and so then they decide they need to have a hearing to decide if she can continue not answering questions, right? Mm -hmm. So once they do that, I guess the lawyer was like, maybe you need to talk to him or whatever anyway. So she then does agree that she will answer their questions, but at a later date and only if her answers are kept confidential. And so we don't know what she said, but what we do know is that everybody involved suspects that this car was used to haul Crystal's body. So, I got two side notes. One being, why did she need to have it kept confidential? Was she scared of her own grandsons? Or... Well, maybe she just didn't want her family to call her a narc. I mean, but they're going to know she's narking if she's talking to the police, right? I mean, and, yeah. And if they immediately go and arrest the grandsons, I mean, everybody's going to know where that came from. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she could have needed to say that she couldn't just say, like, yeah. and people know. Like, she had to have something to say she didn't want anybody to know she said. And honestly, you know, at 82, 
if she was to meet with an unfortunate end, yeah, probably not that many people would question it. I mean, they might, given the circumstances, but in general, yeah. they might not. So she might have needed to be concerned with, you know, somebody that was out there randomly killing people and disappearing. Is Granny still alive to this day? Oh, uh, that I don't know. I didn't even think to look it up. Oh, man. It could have been another one. It could be. <laughs> Listen, this took another twist that I didn't expect, and I was, like, I was so done <laughs> by the time <laughs> I got finished with this research. So, my um, my other thing is, just imagine that you, you buy this used car, right? Mm. It's exceptionally clean. <laughs> You, it's owned by this old lady who only drove it to church on weekends. It's like you got a really good deal on it. And then all of a sudden, there's a knock on your door and it's the cops. And they're like, we got a search warrant to search your car for evidence of a murder. I'd be so upset. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, and, my goodness. And you know, told everybody, look at this car I bought for cheap. <laughs> I got a great deal. <laughs> and then they're like, well, we're going to rip out your seats and stuff and look for blood in the springs. <laughs> I would be so mad. I mean, it's really the same thing with the people that bought the house. <laughs> you know, bought this house. You're like, everybody come over and house warm with me. Yeah. And then the FBI comes and rips up your driveway. Mm. And they're like, well, we're looking for a body. <laughs> Then you've got to be thinking, listen, because I don't know, maybe the house wasn't new construction, just the driveway was. Yeah. But if your house was new construction, too, at the time, you, you've got to be thinking, like, is Are she you... in the walls? Is she under yeah. the house? Like, from then on, you're like, mm, I'm positive my house is haunted. I'm positive. I'm, she's here. I can feel her. You know, because it'd be in your mind. Yeah. I don't know. Because I don't really, uh, I don't know, because I think, you know, the guy that had, you know, done whatever in my house, I feel like, I feel like he could be here. <laughs> I mean, it's on your mind sometimes, you know? Well, that's just because we literally painted over the blood splatter. <laughs> we bleached it first. Okay, yeah, and I'm sure it was cleaned before we got to it, but like... I don't know. There's random stuff. Like, there's a footprint on my ceiling in the living room. Yeah. And the, we painted over it like three times. I it don't keeps know. coming back. And I don't know how it got. It's a literal footprint, like a shoe print on this. Like somebody walked on the ceiling. Yeah. But just one single shoe print. It's weird. I don't know. Have y'all checked that spot in the attic to see if there's like a bloody, bloody shoe or something leaking through? No, but I mean, we've got stuff in the attic. They go in the attic all the time. It's yeah, full of all my decorations. Spot, that's particular no. spot. No, it's not even where anything happened or anything. And it looks, it doesn't look bloody. It just looks like somebody stepped in like... Like, have flea market feet and stepped on the roof. Yeah, like dust. And then stepped on it. But, you, I mean, we've we've scrubbed it. We've painted. And just every once in a while, you'll glance up and be like, a footprint is back. It's yeah. annoying. And I got spots on my wall. 
and I ain't near where anything happened, but I got spots on the other side of my wall that like you can scrub and scrub and they and they look dirty they look like it's a handprint or something it annoys me because when i take pictures and stuff they're in it it looks like the wall is dirty yeah but we've scrubbed it we painted and it just it's coming back and Maybe then it's a like, darker color I don't know. but also that blood splatter keeps coming back too well i think it's gone i don't know it's annoying but it, it, it looks now. like um, a hand smudge on the wall. It, it is so annoying. Anyway, you keep getting me off on tangents, and I had something else to say. You had another tangent. About this car. I know, it's your fault. I, I apologize. She keeps distracting Whatever. me. Whatever. It's all my fault. With uh, what I needed to say. So, um, about the used car thing. So legitimately my last challenger that i had was a um a beautiful car absolutely gorgeous and it it was my dream car but i had a suspicion that it was involved in a hit and run at some point because this car was when i got it extremely tricked out like it had um the wheels were custom dipped and they were expensive um rims to begin with but they were custom dipped and that was back in the day before that was a thing the trim pieces on the interior of the car between the shifter um on the door up on the roof around the diablo um all of that was dipped to match the rims the motor cover was mm -hmm. all dipped to match i mean it was show level and as a matter of fact i put it in shows it was show level this car absolutely gorgeous somebody put a ton of money somebody put a ton of effort into this car it was definitely somebody's baby before it was my baby and um but when i got it there was this weird front end damage and it was not repaired correctly. It was not professionally repaired. It was not repaired by somebody that wasn't a professional but knew what they were doing. It was just, it was shoddy. And it was made to look fine from the outside. Mm -hmm. You really could not look at it and tell that anything was going on. But if you really checked it, if you looked under the motor covers down at the um the bumper area you could tell if you ever got into the bumper area you could tell when i took it to the shop um they were like listen you know this this had a repair done before that was absolutely wrong already knew and um they were like this wasn't even like you didn't even really have a bumper <laughs> and um which challenger bumpers have like a thousand pieces to them they're ridiculous yeah. they're not like other cars where you know a bumper is just a bumper yeah they have like a bazillion pieces in them and so they're always a little tricky but in any case it just isn't something that car people do to not have it repaired co right correctly and you know, and there are people that would just care about, you know, whether or not it's, it looks good. But 
this person put so much money into this car. Yeah, and for them no to sense. just right. not care. Because that Diablo system that was in the car was like $1,000 at that point. It, I mean, this is, we're talking a lot of money. Mm-hmm. For you not to just get it repaired is weird. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And so it bothered me. So I tracked down the location of the previous owner before I got it from the lot. And um, I searched hit and runs for like a hundred mile radius around where that guy lived because uh, I felt like because the car had this interesting color that, you know, was, was a special color. It was an anniversary color. Um, and there weren't that many of them made. I felt like if, if they had any kind of color transfer, it would be in a report and I would be able to find it. And I never found anything, but it always bothered me. I always wondered if, um, if something had happened with that car and I just was unaware. It also was weird that, you know, they put so much time and effort into it and then just randomly sold it. Yeah. And they sold it uh, to the car lot and the car lot had no idea what they had. And so I bought the car from the car lot. I got a good deal on it. Um, it got totaled, but I actually wound up making money off of the car, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't have it that long. So I actually wound up getting money back because the car was worth so much more than I paid. So the car lot did not know what they had. So I doubt he got a great deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that's why it ended up being totaled is because they counted that damage. No, it didn't Mm -hmm. get totaled that time. Um, It was, it had a couple times that deer had hit it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what happens when you live in deer city, I reckon. Yeah. And uh, so it actually was, it actually was um, in the shop three times when I had it. And it was the last time that they were like, we're going to total it. And it shouldn't have been totaled, but they were like, we've at this point put more money into fixing it mm-hmm. than it's worth. Um, that repair itself was not more than the car was worth, but they legitimately because the repairs were so expensive for it yeah had put in a lot of money it was a whole fight it uh broke my heart i wish that i had the money to buy it but i didn't i swear to this day sometimes i see it driving around augusta because it was absolutely custom even the stripe on the side Mm -hmm. was custom no other car had that exact stripe because it was custom cut for that particular car. It wasn't, when I took it to the body shop one time, they tried to give me $500 for me to have the stripe fixed because they were going to have to have it cut because it was broke up and it wasn't broke up in the normal um, distances. Mm -hmm. And so they were going to have to measure each individual break and place it on the car. And I was like, absolutely not. Because I had a stripe on one side, but not the other. Yeah. I'm like, absolutely not. No, you got paid to do this job and you need to finish it. $500. No, I know. I cut stuff. I know what. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then you got to get it on straight. Absolutely not. So they wound up having to pay somebody um, from a sign company to come out. And um, to custom cut the stripe and put it on, it was ridiculous. Anyway, so that was my story about that. All right, we're running out of time. Let's go. <laughs> so, um, 
Another thing that bothered me about this story was why would Nick get physically involved with helping his brother hide the body? Like, I like my brothers, but I don't know. Like, I might say, you know, give advice or something. But to physically come out as a cop Mm. and put your hands on the body, especially if he had that singleton guy involved, because then you've got to trust him and your brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if your brother is like, hey, can you come help me hide this body? And also, um, you know, Danny's here helping too. you got to trust them both. Do you trust them both that much? No. Nope. You know? Not your brother in particular, because your brother's uh, got a big mouth. Yeah, I don't trust none Maybe of my Maybe posting siblings. it on Facebook, tagging his location. I, not like, a single one of my siblings I would trust to keep their mouth shut. <laughs> Not a single one. Not a single one. I wish I could argue. Ansley, maybe. No, heck no. I don't know. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I just think it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she could keep her mouth shut. I don't think none of them can. So, Sherry, she kind of had a theory about why Nick might have physically gotten involved with this. Let's go back again. On May 25th, 2013. So now we're two years before Sherry. Mm -hmm. I mean, before Crystal. Okay. Bardstown police officer, Jason Ellis. He was 33. He's having a good life. He's happily married to his wife, Amy, for nine years. They've got two young sons. Um, Jason was a former baseball player. He played in college and he played a little bit in the, um, I think he played in the major and minor leagues, but just for a short period. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he decided to follow his dream and become a police officer. But because he was a baseball player, he also coached his son's baseball team. And as a matter of fact, had coached a game just a couple hours before this incident. He had been with the Bardstown Police since 2006. Around 2 a.m., he's finishing his late-night shift. He had arrested a prisoner kind of late, and so he went and took him and checked him into the jail and stuff. And then he calls off his shift, says he's going home. Normally, he would have had his canine partner, Figo, with him. But his patrol car was being painted. And so he was driving a car from the officer pool. Mm -hmm. And that car also did not have a dash cam installed. Hmm. Convenient. Convenient. So Jason takes the same route home as always. He takes it every single time. It is the Bluegrass Highway. Hmm. Familiar. Is there another road in this town? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean... Y'all avoid that road at all costs. That's all I can tell you. (laughs) About 2.30 a.m., he takes exit 34, and he he gets on it, and then he sees that it is completely blocked with tree limbs. Huh. Strange. he positions his car to block the exit. He turns on his blue lights. He steps out, and he starts to remove the debris. And at that time, he is shot ambush style by a shotgun several times. He fell amongst the limbs. One single shotgun or several? Several. 
uh, several shotguns. Yeah. Okay, so that was where it was a little confusing. They said he got shot by a 12-gauge. But then later they said they felt like there actually was more than one person involved in this. So it may have been more, but they never said that they felt like there were several guns involved. But he was shot several times. They were tight-lipped about this one. They were not giving out a ton of information that could have been due to the fact that it was a cop involved mm-hmm. and they were trying to make sure if they made an arrest, there could not be anybody that was like, um, oh, well, I read it in the paper. That's yeah. how I knew, you know, and that could have been the case, but um, they were pretty tight lipped about what went on. Even there was other stuff that came to light like years later Mm -hmm. that you did not find in any of the original articles all of those were cut and dry the exact same thing Hmm. so um but he was shot several times he was shot in the um in the chest in the side and in the head oh my goodness he and this was ambush style he never even had a chance to draw his gun he did not see who shot him he falls amongst the limbs right there right so then this passerby comes and this poor lady's getting off work at a distillery. She sees the light. She thinks she's going to get out and help the officer clear the limbs because they're still blocking the road. She sees the officer laying in a puddle of blood. She calls, uses his radio and she calls for help officer down. She believes it's some kind of traffic accident, like he got hit or something and somebody. And so that's what um, people kind of thought at first. Yeah. So even the first officer on the scene, he actually thought that the transmission was coming from a neighboring county until he heard the location. Um, Jason Ellis was the first Bardstown police officer to ever be killed in the line of duty. Oh, my goodness. So, everybody was shocked. And brace yourself for some tears. You might want a tissue. Figo lived with Officer Ellis's family after the murder, and he died four years almost to the day as Officer Ellis. And then they put his ashes at the foot of Officer Ellis's grave. Oh. So, that broke my heart. Now, the bullet trajectory showed that the shooter was up on top of a hill that was banking the exit. There was a rock wall and some brush that would have been a good place to conceal the shooter or shooters, Mm -hmm. and it allowed them to have a good vantage point. The limbs that were on the exit did not come from the area. They were hauled in. Those trees did not, were not around the exit. Yeah. So somebody had to have planned it. It took time and planning to get this done. It was not a spur of the moment thing. It was where they actually had to go cut the limb somewhere else, haul them in, set them all up, then get in position. Yeah. This is not a one person job. There's no way there's just one shooter. Probably not. But also it's not something that somebody was out drinking and was like, you know, hey, let's do this. So there had to have been a reason that he was targeted. The police department offered a huge reward for information and they hired two de- hired hired two retired detectives. That was a tongue twister. To work full time on this case. 
Those detectives spoke to a jailhouse informant who said that there were four men hired. He didn't say by who, or else the detectives just never released that information. But that there were four men hired to kill Officer Ellis, and that he had apparently stumbled across a burglar, burglary ring mm-hmm. where they were robbing self-storage buildings and local businesses. This inmate said that Officer Ellis was super close to breaking the case. And um, he also said that the four men that did the shooting were eliminated to tie up loose ends. The detectives were never able to confirm any of this information in these claims. Hmm. Now, Sherry's theory, and I can see the validity in her theory, is that Nick and possibly Brooks had something to do with Officer Ellis's murder. And that Crystal somehow had discovered that information. Um, and I can kind of see where it's a little far-fetched, but listen... How would anybody not related to the PD know that he would not have had his canine partner with him? Yeah. And nobody else would have known there would not be a camera on the dash. Yeah. That was something that would have only been known. And they also knew exactly when he called out of work. Now, I guess they could have had a police scanner. That may have been. I mean. But I don't know. That just seems like. It seems like somebody in the police department might have been better able to set that up. They would have known exactly when he was hidden. Um, two, at very least, you know, be like, okay, he's on the way. Right. Because nobody else reported. So th- here's the thing. Nobody reported these limbs off of this exit, right? Yeah. So if you're driving home and you take this exit, you're like, oh, man, there's limbs everywhere. You would call and be like, hey, you know, there's limbs all the way across this exit. Even if you were like in a truck or whatever and could drive around it, you would still call and say there's limbs all over this exit. Somebody needs to come clean it up. Okay, but here's the thing with that. Um, I was driving home the other day and in my neighborhood there was a power line that was down and it was touching the road. So I called the non-emergency line for North Augusta. And they were like, well, that's not our jurisdiction. You have to call Aiken County. I'm like, can't you just call? Like, why can't you just get on your radio and be like, hey, Aiken County just got a call that this is it. Yeah. You're closer. Right. You're closer to my problem. And so I never called Aiken County because it took forever to get in touch with North Augusta. But you did try to call. I did try. But there's there's no way that they called. Them ladies were not helpful at all. Well, so what if they called? They were like, "Oh, this is the closest. This is the closest county to me. Let me call." And then they were like, "Oh, you gotta call the Southern County." And so then like, Psh, whatever. Somebody else will call it in. Well, that would have been the county they were in. So it would have been the county. I don't know. I'm just saying. I feel like somebody would have reported it. I mean, they might have tried. They may have, but the chances that three people saw it and none of them called the other line, because there are people that love to be involved. And so they're going to call and say something. That's all I'm saying. I feel like chances are if somebody else had run across this stack of limbs across the road, 
they would have called and said, hey, there's limbs out here. And there were no reports that anybody called at all. Yeah. Did and, he call for, like, help? Did he say, hey, just No, because he was off duty, and so he was just going to clear them. He just blocked it and decided to clear them himself. See, what I'm Because he imagining... wasn't calling and saying somebody needs to come clear it. Like, you would say somebody needs to come clear it. Because you'd be like, this is not my job. Yeah. But he was like, let me just clear it. But what I'm imagining is not like a tree down. What I'm imagining is like Walking Dead style ambush of limbs. Right. Like, it takes you a while to get these limbs in the road. Right. And... Because it was completely blocked. And so, like, it wasn't like you could just drive around it. It was completely blocked. And they were stacked up. So, like, back in the day, whatever, this would be, like, plausible that he would not call for help or not find this a little suspicious. But this is 2016, right? There's no way he had Okay, still, there's no way he hadn't seen a movie, he ain't seen The Walking Dead or something, and been like, mm, this seems a little sus. I don't think The Walking Dead was out. It may have been. What? Yeah, you know it may what have I'm been. saying? Okay, but like, let me remind like... you, let me remind you, he was the first officer to be shot in the line of duty, to be killed in the line of duty in this entire town. And there's no way that it's only one shooter because it, it takes time to, you know, reload a shotgun. He's shot several times. Unless, using your Walking Dead reference, it's Herschel's shotgun. True that. And then it's a different But story. then he still has to, like, cock it and everything. Okay, so I don't disagree with you about it's not one person. I think that that is a more than one person job. Um just to get them out there that quickly, mm-hmm. the limbs, and then to get hidden. Mm-hmm. And then how did you get away? You know, did somebody else come and pick you up or what? Nobody saw anything. I'm just saying I kind of, I can understand how he got out. I, I have a hard time believing that you've never in your life done something and then stopped and thought, this is horror movie crap right here. But you just continue to do it. Like, I did it the other week when um, nobody was in my house and I was staying alone. Mm-hmm. And I walked outside with the dogs and left the door open. And then I thought to myself, after I walked off the porch, I thought, oh, that was some horror movie crap because now the killer's in the house. <laughs> if I saw it in a movie, I'd be like, oh, you idiot. But I did it. And then I called myself out on it. Was it dark? Yeah, it was at night. Yeah, so, I mean, I just think you you kind of laugh at it and go, oh, this is some horror movie crap, and then you just continue on doing it. I don't think anybody really is like, oh, I should not do this because zombies could come out. No, but it, it's super sketch. Like, this is like a ton of... of branches whatever they're called i I don't like it doesn't make any sense i don't know i think the thinking would be that a trailer came through and they fell off the trailer or something and yeah blocking the whole road seems a little odd but i don't know i can see where it's 2 30 in the morning you're tired you just want to go home you're like man let me just clear these limbs and get the hell up out of here 
Yeah. I've been up all day. I coach this kid's baseball game. I'm tired. I just want to go home. And, you know, I don't know. That's what I think. I don't know. I find it sketch. So, I actually could not, um, even though Sherry did say that, I could not find proof that Huck worked there at the same time as Ellis. Now, here's the thing. I couldn't find a higher date for him at all. I looked. Um, it kind of feels like after he was fired, they just erased him from the department. And, and you're deleted. Yeah. So um, I even tried to go back. And, you know, sometimes when an officer will get like um, an accommodation or something. Yeah. But I, I had a very hard time finding him associated with anything other than Sherry, um, Crystal's disappearance. So, and now, Sherry lived there, so, and I, she doesn't seem like, they put in a lot of effort on this case, so mm. she doesn't really seem like the kind of person that would just, you know, talk out of her book. Yeah. So, she probably knew that he was on the force at the same time. Yeah. So, and I did see another, but it was just a single source, and I couldn't decide how credible they were that said not only was he on the force at the same time he was actually on shift at the same time but i couldn't decide how credible they were so you take that with a grain of salt because that could have just been somebody being like you know listen i can't find it let me make it up i don't know so there was another officer though at the time um, that got busted for painkillers. And when I say painkillers, I mean like a lot of painkillers. Like there was no way he was taking all these painkillers. It was like 2,000 pills. Oh, yeah. He's not taking these painkillers. So he got busted with this about the same time as Officer Ellis's death. He actually had an accomplice who was the girlfriend of another cop. But I could never find that cop's name. And I searched for hours. Could never find that cop named. I found her name, but not her boyfriend's name. So, because I was like, man, how perfect would that be? Now, what happened was she worked at the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Pharmacy or a doctor? In any case, she was helping him make prescriptions. Yeah. And... Her lawyer said that she really wasn't as involved as he, the officer, was pretending. That um, he had even approached her at Officer Ellis's funeral about getting more pills. What? So, this is, when I say this is about the same time, I mean this is the same time. So... Another theory would be that somehow Officer Ellis had discovered something about that. And this cop was like, um, we got to shut him up. The cop and the, the accomplice, the girlfriend of the other cop, they both went to jail. They actually got the same sentence, which I think is maybe odd. But um, 
I could not find any other cops that were involved. I could not find any other police officers' names. I could not find, like, who this guy's partner was. Hmm. It was like, this is exactly what happened. There are no more details. <laughs> so, I'll uh, do with that what you want. So, that's another thing that, you know, could have happened. But that's not really to say that, um, you know, Nick couldn't have been involved in that. Yeah. So, this dude could have been his training partner or something. I don't know. So, but in a small town police force, and then it's not really a small town, but it's not a huge town either. It just seems like, you know, there's a lot going on for that to not be connected. Because this guy got arrested like six months after mm -hmm. Ellis's death. But for him to, you know, like pop up at the funeral and be like, hey, when are you going to be able to fill this prescription? Feels, it's shady. At the time of her disappearance, Crystal may have been wearing a Pandora bracelet. She also has several tattoos that could help in her identification. She has a tattoo of Tigger on her ankle. She has a footprint on her back, which I wish they were more descriptive of. I'm and sure it's a baby footprint. I wondered, but then what if it was just like a grown-ass boot print? Like, <laughs> I don't know. But, um, so that's what I'm saying. I wish it would be, they would have been a little more Why only one? I don't know, see? Don't you have multiple kids? It says a footprint. And then she had uh, stars on top of one of her feet. Man, she likes feet. I guess. Uh, there is one more footnote to this story. In 1979, I should have said, let's go back again. Let's go back. <laughs> In 1979, Tommy's 19-year-old sister, Sherry Ballard Barnes, mm -hmm. was seven and a half months pregnant. She was in a bad marriage, and her husband wanted out of that marriage, but Sherry did not. One day, she left home to go run errands. She had to have a car repair done, and she never returned home. A week later, her car was pulled out of the Ohio River, but she was not in it. Her remains and the remains of her unborn child were found in August of 1983. Her husband, Eddie Barnes... Separated? Together. They were found okay. together. Uh, I wasn't really going to go into the details, but apparently um, they had burned her. Oh, so, man. But her remains were, and the remains of her unborn child, were found in August of 1983. Her husband, Eddie Barnes, and his friend, George Weir, were actually convicted of her murder, and both were sentenced to life in prison. Sherry's mur murder was a key factor in Kentucky passing a fetal homicide law, making it illegal to kill an unborn um, baby in the act of a crime. That's, it wasn't already a thing? No. Remember we talked about um, the other lady in North Carolina. She was the reason they passed, uh, I believe it was Connor's Law. And it was the same thing. She yeah. was murdered while she was pregnant, and they passed a law saying if you murder a pregnant lady and kill her baby, that is also another charge. So, no, that was not a thing. 
So, um, sadly for y'all, this was going to be the day that I told the Mullet's Rock story. But this episode went super long because we got... <laughs> They're going to be so mad at us. Because <laughs> so, we got... <laughs> but I am going to tell it because we are going to um, (laughs) we're going to do several stories today because not post them we're going to record them them. but we're going to record them because Maddie is about to drop this baby in a couple months and we need to be prepared because she's going to have baby Cade who is uh, wild he is wild and then um, she's going to have a newborn so she's not going to feel like talking to us so we're going to try to get ahead we've mentioned that so I am going to record it today but it won't be this episode that you're listening to this episode so sorry sorry about that oh and there's people we have to shout out but we'll shout them out next episode do you I only got one I, I was going to look it up later. Because uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Y'all, we're a mess up in here. <laughs> so, anyway. This week. First off, do you have anything you need to say before we... Nah. Because we have randomly just... We're yeah. going to do better in the next episode. Probably not. We're going to try to do better. <laughs> And the next episode. Oh. Okay, so this week, y'all share us with somebody that loves the mountains. Oh, yeah. Or did we do that? I don't think we did that. Yeah. If we repeat, that's all right. You know more than one person that loves the mountains. Yeah, true. So, all right, Maddie's going to talk about our social medias oh, and such. Um, Instagram is unsolved underscore south. And Facebook, join our Facebook discussion group. We got some people talking lately. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Um, but that is Unsolved South podcast. And so is our Facebook page. And if you want to email us, Unsolved South podcast at gmail.com. Occasionally check that. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I had a thought real quick though. Um, I was thinking if y'all have any stories about any um, like attempted kidnappings or close calls that y'all have experienced or that oh. your family maybe has experienced that we'd like to um, to Be share sure. those. And I thought, you know, if we get enough, we may just do like an extra um, monthly segment. show or something yeah. about it. But in the meantime, if y'all want to send them in, we'll feature them on the show and it'll be interesting. Yeah. I know my mother had a um, a close call one time. but uh, And you never know about these close calls either because when I told you about the uh, the golf cart story, Right. A couple weeks ago, you were like, I don't even remember this. But, like, everybody's got some sort of close call. Right. So, if y'all want to share those with us, we'll um, read them out on the thing. So, you can email them to us. Or um, you can private message them to us. And um, we'll get them. And if, if we start getting enough, then we will 
maybe do a whole episode on them. Yeah, try and be as detailed as possible so we, yeah. we know what's going on. Y'all so stretch it out. We don't so have can, questions. Exactly. <laughs> so, but um, I thought that would be a neat thing to do. Yeah, that sounds like fun. So, anyway, y'all send them to us. I right, can't wait. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.